Hi, best friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we are continuing on our discussion about A Court of Frost and Starlight. Part two of the book club's very first Christmas together. So in part one, we gave a synopsis of the novella. And this, in part two, we're going to kind of dive into a little bit more of the details, a little bit more of the book club discussion. So we're going to kick it off with um, some overall ratings of the our thoughts and feelings about the book. And so I'll start us off. <clears throat> I love this book because it is the cutest just Christmas special that you could ever ask for from Miss Sarah J. I called a money grab, but it's not. I love you, Sarah. Uh-huh. Um, is it like a super important book? No, no, it's not. There was no point in writing this and I love it. Um, 10 out of 10 for me personally. Um, that's not true. It's more like a seven out of 10 for me. Cause there was some cringy content in this book, Sarah, what the heck, but yeah. it was still really cute, but kind of pointless seven out of 10. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do like it a lot cause it's warm, fuzzy vibes. I, I, one of my guilty pleasures during the Christmas season is just watching all of the horrible, like Hallmark style movies. They're not necessarily Hallmark like produced, but, um, mm-hmm. Just a cheesy Christmas movie. I am an absolute sucker for it. Mm-hmm. So the vibes are absolutely wonderful. Um, I, yeah. As far as cringe factor, there were some things that were like really channeling Stephanie Meyer. Not um, acceptable. Not acceptable. And we will we will get into detail about those here in a moment. But yeah, my overall rating, I agree with you. Seven out of 10. I think um, on the Goodreads rating system, I did give it four out of five stars just because I love the, um, you know, the Christmas vibes. But yeah, yeah, there are some Christmas vibes. mm -mm, It's not perfect. Um, So first, we're going to talk about some things that we liked. So you want to start us off? Yes. So my favorite part of this entire book is the snowball fight with Azrael Cassidy. Yes, and Reese. Um, so they haven't gotten to do this in a very long time because Reese was trapped under under the mountain, also under Amarantha. Um, and so they <laughs> <Gross. laughs> so they get to have their very first annual snowball fight. And I don't know, it's really just cute to see the Bat Boys kind of being childish and enjoying each other's company. And it's something they grow up doing, and you get to see how how they were before everything. Yeah, it's very sweet and wholesome. And just the fact that Moore and Feyre just kind of show up in the cabin, just kind of watch them from the windows. It's just, it's very sweet. Also the um, moment after when they're like all in like the steam room, that cracks me up too. Yes. Yeah, they all, um, after their snowball <laughs> snowball fight, they go and take like a steam together, like in a sauna basically. Uh, to warm up and so pharaoh was messing with reese and like sending dirty thoughts down the bond (laughs) yeah she she was mind sexting him and it got reese kicked out into the cold naked (laughs) it was just funny Mm -hmm. um we also another thing that we liked is just the fact that we get the multiple point of views um especially cassian because we love him as a character he's amazing he's a great friend and he, we love him and his kind heart, even if Nesta is a hoe. She's um, a hoe. She is a hoe. And Tabby also brought up a good point. And she's like, why did Asriel not get a point of view? Right. Like, we get Our everyone king. else. Why not Asriel? Yeah. I would have gladly 
I would gladly have to reel for more again. Oh my god, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, we did love like the fact that we get other people's point of views. Yes. Um, I also one of my favorite scenes from this entire book is Cassian and Feyre channeling their inner Martha Stewart's and their inner <laughs> Joanna Gaines and decorating the entire town home for the winter solstice, getting drunk, having a good old time. Asriel being the responsible adult he is, being like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" <laughs> and knowing deep down that he did truly, he was enjoying it. He was enjoying what was happening. One hundred percent. And it's so funny because when Reese gets home. Th- like so Farah and Cassian are drunk off their ass. They're like this is am- amazing what we've done here. <laughs> yes, they're like it's so beautiful and Azriel's like it's not. But they had like handed the bottle of wine to Azriel and that's right when Reese walked in and he was like as like what the fuck are you doing with my wine? And Azriel's like I swear it wasn't me. Um me. You look just cute. like mommy baby. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Another thing that we loved is just Farah opening up the painting studio with Racina. Just super sweet. Like Farah's finally getting to like um, heal part of herself that she's been trying to heal for so long and like give back to the the people of her city that she cares about so much. It's the children. The children. the children. Think of the children. Thanks, Farah. <clears throat> um, here are some things that we really did not care much for in the list. Unfortunately, it's a bit longer than the things we did like. Um, let's kick us off, Caitlin. What, what oh, did yeah. you not like about it? I am opening the page right now. So read this page to you. By the way, shout out to my gal Ellie for letting me borrow her book because mine's not currently uh, home. But so, okay. Page 48. Ma'am, Sarah. Nobody was asking what <laughs> Faye menstrual cycles were like, but you felt the need to not only like tell us, but to go in excruciating detail. And I mean, like multiple unnecessary detail. detail. Um, okay. So again, if we had to suffer through it, so do you. So in place of those monthly human discomforts was a biannual week of stomach shredding agony. Um, so she couldn't even get out of bed. This is Farah's like perspective and like the healer couldn't even help her pain. Like, which doesn't make sense because like the Fae have been having freaking menstrual cycles for how many centuries and you've done nothing to be able to like sort that out. Um, more had little to offer me beyond commiseration and ginger tea. At least it was only twice a year. She'd consoled me. Um, it just, it's weird. It's weird. She talks about how like Reese like cleans her off and stuff. And I'm like, Bestie. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Unfortunately, this will not be the last time she talks about this with us either. <laughs> like I didn't want to read that, but here I am. Um, another thing that we did not care much for in this book was Pharaoh's snap decision to suddenly fucking want kids. Um, first like of all, within the span of a week. In the span of a week. So in book two, you can remember, she's like, I need you to, you to get me whatever will keep me from being with child, like, stat. Thank you so much. Because yeah. um, Reese was like, it would be the greatest pleasure of my life for you to give me a child. And she was like, cool, but no, thank you. Um, she's like, no, 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 thank you, though. Um, page 49, she's like, yeah, I wanted to live with him. I want to experience life with him and just kind of be with him before they have children, which, sis, that's great. I love that for you. Not even like 
150 pages later, page 201, she was like, I would love to show you something in my head. If you could, um, it will be the greatest gift to you on earth. And so she shows him like a picture of their unborn child. And she was like, I would love this. Thank you. And he was like, are you joking right now? Like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah, I would love nothing more than to give you a child. And we're like, like are you shitting my dick? Okay. <laughs> um, sure. It- it also bothers me too because like she claims at that point like in her inner monologue she doesn't say this out loud to Reese but she's like when she talked to the weaver who had lost her husband she's like yeah it made me realize that I want kids and like it it made me see clearly what I'd wanted for quite some time now like ma'am oh literally a week ago you were you like you did not want that I don't want kids and I'm sorry if only a week has passed and you're like, maybe I should think about having kids. Let it sit for another week Let's or do like so. a, a really quick pros and cons chart, perhaps. Yeah, like a minimum, like give that like an like sleep on it because like you've got forever. Give it like 10 years. Yeah, you're literally like immortal now. Like chill, absolutely chill because a week ago you were not wanting that. So I just don't get it personally. Not, um, not even the freaking bone carver being the picture of your child itself made you want to have children. Like, yeah. Not if anything, even seeing you your child in the flesh made you want <laughs> to have it. Um, I guess why this really bothers us is like, well, neither one of us like the pregnancy trope in the general. Trope is a waste of my time. Oh my God, I hate it, especially when it's an unplanned pregnancy trope. So this one, at least it's planned. It has that going for it. But I think like it just ruins a good thing. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. A fucking child I feel like is... I'm going to get some nasty emails. Um, yeah, like, don't, okay. Like we're super happy for women who choose to have families, who choose to yeah. be mothers. Really awesome for you guys. I don't want to read that in a book. And what bothers me is because like, yes, absolutely. If you are a woman who is like, um, I would, or a man who's like, I would love to have children. Like that would mean the world to me. Yeah. That's great. Nothing but respect but for you. Farah, <laughs> Farah did not feel that way. And so what is this? Like what has changed? Because having a child with Reese does not make your love like any deeper. Like, I don't like that. that Yeah, I don't like that thought process. Yeah, like I am very much in love with my husband. Like we do not need to have a kid for me to prove how much I love my husband. I think that's a gross, like outdated thought process. Very antiquated. uh, Yeah, we don't like that. It's icky vibes. Sarah, we didn't like that. Yeah, sorry, Sarah. Um, I know you have, like, at least one beautiful child. I don't know if there are more. Now a second one. Love that for you. It was, that was a surprise for all of us. Really happy for you. Oh, yeah. That's the only one I knew about. Beautiful baby. Beautiful child. <laughs> Love that for you. <laughs> not for Feyre. <laughs> what else do we not like? Uh, Nesta. <laughs> yeah. In general. I, do we really need to elaborate on that? I I. No, we don't because um, yeah. Nessa sucks. She sucked the whole book and she is crotchety. Didn't like her, didn't like her attitude. Oh, do you want to talk about the next one? I feel like. Yes, I do because I have a <laughs> lot to say. Um, Sarah, Sarah, what Bestie. the fuck, dog? <laughs> so she has given us this exquisite 
steamy, beautiful sex scene between Feyre and Reese. Like, we have not gotten anything steamy this whole book. Like, nothing. And she was like, last chapter, like, here we go, guys. Like, I'm going to give you them being together one last time. And we're like, fuck yes. And no, and, like, it starts off hot. Like, it's good. It's a good scene. Yeah. Like, lots of description. We love that. And then she was like, Reese, like, let me show you something. This is when she's like, let me show you a picture of our unborn child that we have not quite created yet um, that we will make together one day, according to the bone carver. And you want to know what fucking happens? <laughs> you won't like <laughs> they, it. I didn't like it. They both climax from the vision of their unborn child. Hmm. What so I'm gonna read a fuck, little something. I am going to read a little something to y'all. I was unwell. Okay. So when my mind could form words, when I could feel again, or sorry, when I could again feel his essence around me, his body still moving in my own, I sent him that image one last time. And by that image, she means the literal child of their child, their from unborn the bone child. Yeah. So I'm I'm sorry. That is very much um, and he immediately like just Jacob fucking and rigatoni from Twilight. He climax like like the second he sees it, he was like, "Yeah, that does me." And it's like, <laughs> what? It's disgusting. I hate that so much. Um, <clears throat> God bless. What we also didn't love was that like Reese's first point of view, like it made him seem like he literally could not for the life of him stop thinking about banging Farah, And that just feels very out of character for him. Like, don't get me wrong. He loves him to bang Farah. Yeah. Listen, he loves to bang his wife. I love that. Love that for him so much. But the fact that he like, can't even focus on anything else, like on his, in his day to day, like routine, that's like a little much. It was, like, a gross description, too, though. He's like, yeah, I need to, like, fuck my wife. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, like that was, like, the like first, it's like, a, a, like, she's a stress ball. <laughs> I didn't like I don't that. Know. I didn't For like it either. Like so pro-women, like, we, so feminist. He's just like, yeah, if I don't, like, get into my wife, like, right this second, I'm going to die. And it's like, I love the energy. Love the, love that for you. Um, But also, that's not you. Yeah, it's really not like they they are a very intimate couple and and that's great, but it's just it just seemed very off character for him, off brand. It did. It seemed demeaning to Feyre and he is anything but demeaning to Feyre. So, yeah, I I also I agree that just it didn't seem quite like him. Um, I don't Um, know if it was supposed to like show that he was like extra tense. I don't know, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, next, we would love to dive a little bit deeper into the characters and relationships. Um, not as much, I think, character development as we saw in the third book, but we do still see how like some of the relationships and the dynamics are forming between some of the characters. Um, I, I think it does give a dead giveaway for what the next book is going to be about. Um, but starting off with Lucian and Elaine. The couple who I strongly believe was not meant to be. Yeah. The, yeah, unfortunate lovers. So poor, (laughs) poor, poor, poor Lucy, poor Lucian. Um, He's trying so hard to be a good mate. 
Like, he's trying so hard to be a good mate. He yeah. brings her presents. Like, he is giving her all the space she needs because he knows, like, she's dealing with some shit, like, some trauma. She's kidnapped. She was broken up with. Yeah. Um, but, like, at the same time, to- like, on the same token, like, obviously, he is not privy to her. Like, she's not his. But also, like, she's not being very understanding of the situation, in my opinion. But yeah. also, I get it from her point of view. I do. I just think that she could be honest with him and like talk yeah, to him. Yeah, she hasn't even tried to do wrong. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lucian kind of is just like kicking it in the human realm. He is hanging out with Durian and Vasa, which I think is so funny. Deep down in my heart, I think they're probably a thruple. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> probably, I could see it. Like yeah, they're together, and I think honestly he's like hanging in the human realm because he can't feel his bond because magic doesn't work as well like in the human realm oh but I don't know if that's true because the wall is down now so who's to say um yeah I don't actually know why he finds great I do wonder though if distance could still like muffle it like I guess probably not because when Pharaoh's in the spring court she could have felt it like if she hadn't been he still felt breeze yeah yeah, so I don't know why he's hanging out in the human realm. Good for him, though. Glad he has other friends. Um, Elaine, just doing her little Elaine thing, being weird with Asriel. Um, yeah. Hanging out with Lon She, like... Sketchy. She's leading on multiple men. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, girly, what's going on with Asriel? Why is he so weird around you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, there's definitely some tension. Like, Asriel has a little crush on Elaine. Elaine might have a little crush on Asriel. I'm not sure. She could also just be playing it to her advantage. The, I think she's just playing the field and like Nuala and Kiridwin are teaching her all sorts of things back in the kitchen. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. And we have a lot of thoughts about Elaine to come. So Reese and Feyre's sisters, he is super <laughs> pissed at her sisters for like what they, like how they let Farah like go into the woods as a child. Not, like he just is like, how could they have done that to you? But he is really only pissed at Nesta. Mm-hmm. And so Farah's like, if you're pissed at Nesta, you have to be pissed at Elaine too. And he's like, well, Elaine is Elaine. No. What does that mean? No, no. And it's like, it's because everyone takes pity on Elaine, but it's like, she just like, she's just as much to blame. Like if anything, I would be more mad at her because at least Nesta owned up to what she was doing. And Elaine just acts like innocent and naive. Like, well, on top of that, Elaine literally had the skills in gardening to like help their family and chose not to do that. And I think everyone just chooses to like, forget that, that she could have helped, but didn't have helped. And she literally, she actively chose not to like, we're, we're saying like, she actively like worked against her family. Because yeah. she was like, we just didn't know better. And it's like, shut the fuck up, Elaine. Yes, you I'm did. Sorry. You had a better education than Farah, who didn't even learn how to read before y'all got kicked out of your house. So yeah, everyone is giving Elaine a pass and it sucks. It doesn't make sense. Hate yeah, that. I hate Elaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reese and Farah, their, their whole dynamic, it's just beautiful throughout the it entire is. book. I'm really happy <laughs> to see them get like a happy ending. Um, page 54, he's like, you know, I want to do... Even under the mountain, like, he knew he has been in love with her for as long as he's seen her. He says that in book two. He says that in book three. Like, we know he loves her very, very much. Love that we are finally getting that point of view from Resand. As much as I did not love the first point of view we get from him, um, it's still really nice to see, like, how he's still kind of struggling with his inner demons. Like, he usually is the one of, re- like, the voice of reason and 
the one who kind of brings favor down. So it's good to see that he can like humanize himself as well. I think. Yeah. Love that they have like the little matching night court tattoos. That's such a sweet moment between the two when she wants to match him and get the, the Ramiel mountain on her palm. Um, the fact that like all the gowns that he had made for her was actually made by his mother. And like, that's super, super sweet. Although I think it's weird that she just like kind of knew her size. I don't know. Magic may be involved. Who's to say? Yeah. I wonder if like they were a later, like if the gowns were made, but maybe they were enchanted or something. May I'm hoping so. Otherwise it's very non-inclusive of you, mom. Um, <laughs> The cabin scene, freaking amazing up until we talk about their stupid little babies that they want to have. <laughs> like leave it out. We don't want to see that. Everything up to that though is so, so good. Um. And then, you know, like just saying like how, how happy she makes him, how happy they make each other. And then ending with the, you know, the famous quote to the stars who listen, Vera, to the dreams that are answered, Reese, like just, ah, I don't know, the ending that they finally get, obviously like book, book four, technically it's book four, is going to be about Cassian and Nesta and following their little adventures um so wrapping up the story i think of reese and Feyre and finally getting you know a little bit of a happy ever after obviously there's some other stuff going on that they're trying to solve and put to peace but we do get to see them finally happy with each other yeah and it's just beautiful too you get to see them building that future together when mm-hmm. he like gifts her the the <laughs> estate to build their dream home on right. and like build a library, like build a garden for Elaine, build a a nursery. Like he's just like, build this house that will hold all of our family. It's like, it's a very sweet ending for them. Yes. Then we're going to talk about more. Oh, (laughs) freaking goodness. Pardon my French. So (laughs) they go to the Hewn City. God. More is like having her little like flashback of like how Eris left her. She's super pissed like anytime she's near her dad. And so she's like, say something, say something. And in her inner monologue, she's like, quit being a coward. Truth is your gift. Truth truth is your curse. More, when have you ever been fucking truthful? Like, have you, you're not even being truthful to yourself, you dumb hoe. You're not truthful to yourself. You're not truthful to the inner circle. You literally have a secret estate that you go to for the past 300 years. You won't come out and tell Asriel that you're not in love with him. You won't, like, even tell, like, you admitted to Pharaoh this, but you won't tell anyone else in, that you've known for freaking five centuries. It's just like, what does that mean? What is truth to you? I would love to know her definition. Because I don't think that she's even being truthful about what happened with Eris. Like, I think she's lying about it. I think something else happened and she's not telling us what happened. What if more is just she's a pathologic liar and she just told someone that truth is her gift, and, but it was just a lie. But it's not. It's not. It's actually lying. Lying is her uh, gift. <laughs> lying is my gift. Lying is my curse. So on page 125, it's from Reese's perspective here. And he like, this is when he's asking more to go to the continent. And like, he sees like something in her eyes change. And so like, this is his inner monologue. He's like, a predator. There was a reason she held her own in battle and could hold her own against any Illyrian. Okay. <laughs> and what is the reason? What would that be? What is the reason? Because we are in suspense. We've been in suspense for like two and a half books now. 
I would love to know. Share with the Why class. is she a predator? What can she, what can she do? What can she do besides say that truth is her gift, but it's not actually like true. <laughs> like she has done nothing. Not even, mm-hmm. it pisses me off. So not even in the battle against Hybern, did she do anything phenomenal or excellent? Like, no, they had to go get just, a bunch of monsters. Yeah. She and just reacts still out like, because of it. Like Reaxis what can she just, do? <laughs> she did nothing. Like, I'm so mad. Nothing. Anyway, a few more. Um, (laughs) Almost as much as Nesta. Yeah, honestly. Next, we'd like to talk about possibly Asriel and Elaine. Is that a thing? Hopefully not. I I really hope not. But, like, what worries me is that, like, there could be a future book from Asriel's perspective, and it'll focus too much on Elaine. That's what I'm worried about. I guess it would, it would, based off of what the next book is about, I suppose, but I hope not. Like, I think that'd just be so, like, such a cop-out if she's just, like, and they all three got in a girl, and it's, yeah. like, no, ew. I would like, hate that. I hate that. I would hate that, and, and like, when we talk about the next book, like, you guys will know there's someone very specific that we ship Asriel with, and it is not Elaine. And it sure isn't Elaine. Nope. <laughs> I hate Elaine with a burning passion, and I am out here to prove that she is evil. Yeah. <laughs> um, Join us for our TED Talk um, yeah. next full-length episode in a couple weeks. God, like, I'm not thrilled with Elaine, and I'm not thrilled that she flirts with Asriel. Um, You know, them, like, being all cutesy at winter solstice, like, I'd rather gag myself with a spoon. Barf. Barf. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> um, so next, I just kind of wanted to touch on Amran and Nesta because so Nesta's been visiting Amran um a couple times a week or so, like, and that's the only person she's reaching out to. And as far as we know, like based on what Amran revealed to Feyre, like they don't even really talk about like what's going on with Nesta. But I think Nesta just feels like she can't confide in anyone else because no one else will understand. Like Nesta and Amran understand each other. And of course it's not like a healthy mindset for Nesta to have Mm -hmm. to push everyone else away. But I think she's just like coping by like the only person she's letting in is like also like her in the way that she's not touchy feely at all. Like she knows Amarin isn't going to press her to talk about her feelings, but it keeps her from being like completely and utterly alone. I think by like keeping Amarin close to her. Well, on top of that too, Amarin was the only person who was like, no, we need to train this girl. And like, Mm -hmm. she's got something really special going on here and that we could use. And I think like Amarin made Nesta feel useful. It, made her feel like she had a purpose. And so I think she has a lot of respect for Amron because like Reese wasn't going to do that because he held a grudge against her. Fair wasn't going to do that because she didn't want to put her sister in like at risk. Um, Like no one else knew her well enough to do that. But Amron was the only one who was like, no, like she can help. And Nesta wants to be helpful. Yeah. And it's very similar to like how Farah felt too. Like at the spring court, she was like, no, like I can help. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Farah realizes what she was doing Mm -hmm. like in book three she was very much acting like her sister's keeper Mm 
Right. And she was like, no, we can't do anything that puts them in danger. Like they've already been through too much, but like she wants to. Yeah. And Nesta, like she got dragged into this against her will. So like the least you can do is ask her what role she wants to play. But Pharaoh was just very much afraid of like them getting further damaged. So yeah, that's tough. Yeah, so lots of character development, and we'll definitely see some more in the next book. The last, the so far, the last book in the series, um, fingers crossed, the next one will be out soon. Um, but moving on to my favorite part of the podcast are the theories. So I want to talk a little bit more about Moore's fucking stabbing cabin. Like, <laughs> what is going on with the haunted mansion that she has owned for 300 years that no one else happens to know about in the middle of nowhere? Um, giving Bly Manor feels, giving House of on Haunted Hill type vibes. Ghosts everywhere, like creepy shit happening. Apparently she's a horse girl. That's odd to me that she has this. I don't know. <laughs> feel like she could potentially be doing her own like operation that's what i'm thinking i don't know if it's for the night court's benefit though that's kind of what remains unseen is like is it i mean she hasn't given us any reason to believe that she's working against the night court but also the fact that like they keep talking about all these cool powers that she has and she's choosing not to use them like I don't know. Or, okay, so something that I also thought about was, like, what if she has, like, a secret child that she's, like, raising in this cabin? Like, I would be very interested in that storyline, but I guess it would kind of, like, beg the question, why is what the child wanna, be a secret? <laughs> I just want to know, like, what the fuck she has, like, in this cabin? Like, why she has it? Is it just, like, simply a place that she goes to? Like, is she murdering people here? Like, is she torturing folks? She, like, from her chapter, from her perspective, made it sound like she just goes there for peace and quiet. But listen, at <sighs> least, okay, here's my deal, because, like, the inner circle, they've always been kind of like targets to people because like, you know, they have a lot, they, especially before Highburn, before they kind of revealed to people like, Hey, we're not hard asses. They have a lot of targets on their back. So let's say you are just going somewhere for peace and quiet. You need to at least tell your family. Like a singular other person. Yeah. Like uh, shoot them a little text message. Be like, Hey, going to my estate, like XOXO more. On Um, top of that, how has she kept this from Rhysand this whole time? Like, how is he not like, I don't know. No, I mean, I don't know. It's just like, she's had this place for 300 years and it's never come up. And is it one of those things that it's like, now it just feels too awkward for her to say anything? Like, oh yeah, this is my summer home. Welcome. Uh, Yeah, more like, why have you never hosted Solstice, bitch? Um, I don't know. It's really weird to me, especially with this whole like storyline of truth is her gift. Then why can she lie so much? Well, on top of that, she has, like, actual fucking demons living outside of her home. (laughs) And she's just like, oh, yeah, like, that's Frank. Yeah, she's like, just go the other way. Like, don't go investigate, and it's fine. It's Uh, like, no, it's probably not. You acted way too normal for that. As long as she doesn't have this place for nefarious reasons, like, I guess, go off, queen. Like, have fun. But I don't, like... Also, I don't know, I would kind of be there for her being, like, a secret serial killer um, who, like, who kills the Night Court enemies. 
I maybe if it's enemies, but like I feel like she'd do it for what if it's like all of like the women who are like in the bottom of the library? She like actually goes out and like snatches like their like assaulters, <laughs> like kills them in the haunted Ooh, house. Oh, okay, listen. That'd be I kind of fucking cool. That. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I would forgive too. everything I ever said about more, I would forgive if in a heartbeat. that story is written. But I don't think that's what it is. I don't either. I think that more is not cool enough, to be honest. Also, if, like, she never touches on this again, I'm going to be pissed that she even put that in the book. Yeah, like, what would be the reason? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things about more that, like, she's touched on that if she doesn't elaborate on, I'm going to be pissed. Why? Yeah. Um, the next theory that I want to kind of touch on is Vasa and her keeper. I don't understand what's going on with that. Um no. Why would her keeper, first of all, allow her out? Obviously, I think Pharaoh's father made some sort of bargain with him. I talked about this last episode. I think he made some bargain with him to release her from her prison. But why would he allow her to stay out and continue helping like the the human realm? Like there's not like a a deadline that he's given her or anything. Like she's just out chilling. Um, Like that seems weird, right? It does seem weird. So I feel like there has to be some like agenda of like her, her keeper who we're going to learn more about. We just we can't say anything else. But um, yeah, like, I wonder if the agenda could have he has her doing some extra stuff like, yeah. And that's definitely not revealed in the next book either. But like, yeah, yeah, it's totally all theorized. I, I just don't understand like there has to be something in it for her keeper. Right. Otherwise, like he would have been like, no, you can't borrow her. Yeah. Um, my final theory has to do with Tamlin and the future that he plays in whatever happens to be coming in the next book, in the next, you know, bit of series, I guess. Um, so clearly he's not in a good state. Reese is helping him for you know selfish purposes. He wants to make sure he's not gonna fall off the deep end. Um, <laughs> but I do think he's going to end up being a key player in the next book. So my theory is that whenever the sisters were dropped into the cauldron um, and they came back out, I think the cauldron misfired. Um, And I think Tamlin was actually supposed to be Elaine's mate and not Lucian. And I think this because, first of all, there's a zero chemistry between Elaine and Lucian. Um, But it would also just make more sense that Elaine belongs in the spring court. So, like, Tamlin... Like, okay, all Elaine wants is, like, some goddamn peace and quiet, I think, and, like, (laughs) she wants comfort, and she wants to not have to do anything, and I think Tamlin wants the same thing, like, he wants comfort, he doesn't want to do anything, he just wants to, like, he wants to vibe and be there, and so he literally, he wants an Elaine, yeah, he wanted Feyre to be an Elaine, like, wear pretty dresses, and mm-hmm. tend the beautiful gardens. Yes. And I will do the rest. And Pharaoh was like, no. And that's but Elaine. Elaine would say yes. <laughs> yes. So it makes so much sense in my head that Elaine and Tamlin were actually supposed to be together, not Elaine and Lucian. And like Pharaoh even says something about this. Like she asked, could the cauldron miss fire? Can the cauldron no. make wrong choices? I'm like, yeah, maybe. And yeah, I think they did. I absolutely think it could because like it's, it's just kind of sending out a blast of power. You yeah. Know? Like it um, can just fucking hit the wrong person. No, I think Elaine and Tamlin are mates. I don't know how it'll happen, but I think they were supposed to be. Yeah. I wonder like 
Well, I mean, Farah asked if it could misfire, but I wonder, like, is there a way for the misfire to be fixed? I don't, I don't know. know, but I do think they're perfect for each other. I do too. And like, in a way that I don't love because like, neither of them are my favorite characters, sad. but like, if they were together, I think I would like them both more. It would make honestly. more sense in my head. Yeah. And I think that they would both be like happier if they mm-hmm. like actually had like a, like a mate that they could be in love with. And so I think they would stop making, uh, stop making everyone else miserable. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, like that's just kind of, um, we didn't have a whole lot to touch on because it's, it's a, short, such a short little thing. Like I'll, um, for those of you who are looking at our, our visual here, it's a tiny little thing, but, um, yeah, um, really quick. I just wanted to like shamelessly like, plug out, like, our sweatshirts. Yeah, so Miss Tabitha, she is the um designer of these wonderful Akatar themed sweatshirts. There are going to be more designs, and we will soon have an Etsy shop going. It'll be Best Friends Book Club on Etsy if you're interested in purchasing some merch. So that'll, um, we'll make a post about it when it's official, but just kind of keep your eye out and know that that's coming. Um, also tune in next week. So we are doing a little mini soda in honor of Robert Frost, the great poet um in honor of his birthday we are going to be reading and analyzing some of his work so um it'll be a really awesome short little thing from us so love some good poetry we'd love for you to listen to it with us yeah i am a poetry stan um we plan to do many many poets but yeah like poetry corner yeah poetry corner it'll be our first poetry corner i'm so excited i love poetry so much So yeah, we'll be doing that next week, but as always, let's get lit. 